Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, favoriting, liking, commenting on this podcast, this show. We appreciate you very, very much. If you're listening on the SXM app or Stitcher or Pandora, welcome, welcome, welcome. Remember, hit that subscribe button if you can. And uh, get all the episodes and get alerts set up for you as well. This is episode 140. If you can believe that, 140 episodes in already, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, two and a half years in, almost done with our third season here as well. Remember, our seasons run through the end of February. So uh, we'll take a siesta at that point. Usually just a one to two week layoff and then uh, rejoin. The new season in progress as they were. My name is Chef Fans, by the way. In case you don't know, welcome to it. You can hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a show called Elite Sports on that network. Also, Sunday mornings with Bob Harris, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show. Uh, we got that every Sunday morning through the NFL regular season. So that's where you find me there. Also, fantasyguru.com is the place to be. Makes a great gift, everybody. Ladies, gentlemen, if you're looking for a, a gift for your brother-in-law, your cousin, your nephew, your uncle, or aunt, or dad, or mom, or whoever, anybody that plays fantasy sports, anybody that plays daily fantasy sports, anybody that bets on sports, Maryland, I'm looking at you as the brand new uh, people. And there are, what, 36 states right now with legalized sports betting. So well over half the country, the majority of the country, if you will, with legalized sports betting. So, um, yeah, get it. it. It's a great little gift. It's something that you could do last minute. You just print out the little sales page or whatever, sign them up, or just tell them you'll pay for the subscription or what have you. So uh, an NBA, NHL, um golf and soccer and uh, obviously i mentioned hockey obviously football baseball we'll be launching our baseball draft guide here in just a matter of weeks as a matter of fact hot stove aaron judge staying in new york all right there we go um all of that great stuff all the great content data media podcasts live streams chats discord picks and plays and everything you need seasonal daily fantasy it's all fantasyguru.com follow me at social media at jeff underscore mance on twitter the jeff mance everywhere else facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok all right a lot to get to in this episode it's fantasy football playoff time or just about for high stakes leagues it's been playoff time for the last couple of weeks that continues in week 14 for Others, it is maybe the first week of your playoffs. For others, it's the last week of the regular season. So, And it just so happens to be a week with six teams on by with the Falcons, Bears, Colts, Packers, Commanders, and Saints on, uh, on by. Finally, then we could be past it all. This is great as an analyst, a little sneak behind the curtain. 
because when we're quoting stats, when we're quoting matchups and things like that, during the bye, when there's an uneven number of games played and we're comparing players and matchups and things like that, it's askew because you have more games. So we have to, we no longer, for the first five weeks of the season, we were able to talk in layman's terms of normal whole number touchdowns against and points against and all this kind of stuff or yards gained. Now for the last six, eight weeks, we've been having to focus on per game, per game, per game. So um, that's just easier for us. But that's all I'll say. A little, little bit, just a smidge easier, which uh, the analyst in me definitely appreciates. We've got, um, we'll do our survivor pick, bet, upset. We'll do the great single game parlay. I'll throw out a parlay. For those of you for the Thursday night game, if you're listening to this early in the week, we actually uh, hit last Thursday's single game parlay. Then we uh, we also hit Sundays, but then lost Monday's parlay uh, that fucking Tampa Bay. Oh, by the way, uncensored podcast. So put the earbuds in, had noise canceling headphones. Don't have this over the loudspeaker in the car or wherever sensitive ears are found. This podcast is not for the sensitive people, ladies and gentlemen. So, but fucking Tom Brady and the Saints, uh, they did what we thought lower scoring game, Bucks won, but they didn't win by two and a half, only won by a point. So, screwed us on that. And then they didn't go over the total. So, lost a single game parlay there. But again, one extra field goal by Tampa Bay would have solved and would have put us over on both counts. So, we're close there. You know we're doing the right thing. We're still just under 80% for the season. It's been going fantastic. I'll give that out today. I will get into some players I'm in on, players I'm out on in week 14. I think that it seemed to be a nice hit last week where we talked about the toughest decisions and everything uh, that we need. Right. I'll do that on the program here today as well. Uh, Also got Pappy's been in the lab a little bit, folks. Oh, oh. talk about NFL and scoring and why it's down and what how that impacts DFS, how that impacts betting, how that impacts seasonal and what we do looking forward into next year as well. So a lot to get to here on the program today. Let's dive in week 13. The recap and some thoughts, at least around football. Uh, baseball thoughts. Do I have baseball thoughts? Aaron Judge staying in New York was a thing. The Cardinals signing Wilson Contreras, I think, is a big move for them. I, I think that uh, we talked about this. Ray Flowers and I talked about a little bit in uh, on our Wednesday Sirius XM show that I don't love baseball. Baseball seems to have obviously used a different baseball in New York, trying to get Aaron judge that home run record. I think I'm not surprised by it. It's absolutely ridiculous though. We don't need cheaters. We don't need baseball or any sport to alter the game or the equipment or anything in order for us to enjoy it better. You know, at a certain point we got to say, fuck it, I like it, or fuck it, I don't like it. That's it. Don't 
try to sell us on things and push us into things that aren't truthful. Cause that's a shame that uh, that record now Aaron judges home run 62 home runs is now as I sit here today, completely washed away. In my opinion, I mean, impressive. Sure. But do I put much into it? No, I, I put the say, I know it happens. So I honor it the same way I do with Barry Bonds' home run records and Mark McGuire's home run records, Sammy Sosa, but it's still the same thing. It's like, yeah, that's the record. But am I overly impressed? Do I have to go watch the next Aaron Judge at bat? No. No, I don't. So um, that that's where I stand with the baseball stuff. I wish my White Sox would do something. Quite honestly, they've done absolutely nothing. Mike Clevenger is our big get. Lost Jose Abreu, which is devastating to the team. Uh, pisses me off. Pisses me off. We need new ownership in Chicago. Bulls, White Sox, both owned by Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry's had a good run. Give it to him. He's made some bold moves over the years, but it's time for him to go. It's time for the McCaskies to go in Chicago for the Bears. Chicago needs new ownership across the fucking board. Uh, all right, week 13. I'll go into that. So losing week, sort of a losing week. Actually, a profitable week for me in DFS. So you guys know how I do things. With DFS, I attach wins and losses basically to my cash game prowess my cash game breakdown over at fantasyguru.com um the core four that i give out fridays and in the articles and all that so that's where i was uh so in that regard it was a losing week it was one of those things that has happened more than i would like this year you know we've been on amazing runs the last four or five years our cash game run has been absolutely incredible immensely valuable and profitable this year i'm now eight and five on the season right you know per i mean good very good um nine and four would have been better obviously that was a i think it was a big week in that and i felt really strong about the core four and everything else but you know, the profits haven't aren't immense in cash yet. They're never immense, right? I they when I tell you that I make eight grand, ten grand on cash games every year, you know that may sound like a lot to some of you, but don't forget I'm playing twenty five hundred a week, or no, I'm playing about fifteen hundred a week, or two thousand a week. We'll call it on average. Uh, so, you know that's. A, when you double up, you're doubling up massive amounts. So that way you get there much quicker. But it's been a profitable tournament season. That's something I'm not used to. I'm not used to I in fact I cannot remember a time when I had more profitable tournament um weeks, weekends in fantasy football, DFS fantasy football than I have this year. And for the last three, four years, I've been using this hedge lineup mentality where, you know, not a, you guys know if you listen to this podcast, where, for instance, my um, lineup for GPPs this past week, you know, Josh Jacobs was in our cash game core four. So obviously, I played Devonta Adams in GPP, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, we're paid up for Kelsey at tight end. So um, instead of Kelsey, we paid down at tight end. 
this week, right? In GPP, right? Whatever we're doing a cash, we're kind of doing some of the opposites, though guys like Damian Pierce, uh, Christian Watson were very much a part of that lineup anyway and ended up scoring 132 points and okay, cashing in every tournament, single entry tournament, I should say, uh, that there was this week. So, you know, that mixture really is important. And uh, over on fantasyguru.com, I posted my GPP core for in the Sunday morning update for you last week. It seems to be a lot of people liked it. So we're going to stick with that. And I'll do that in the update as well, because I got to get time to build the lineups and make sure whatever I got going, I could hedge it properly in the GPP. Just a reminder, the GPP lineup is not a complete hedge every spot. No, no, it's still a very distinct base, but those core four players, should any of them fail that I'm building around, I'm going to have who most likely benefits from them failing. Now, that could mean anything. Sometimes it's a a defense. I'm playing a certain quarterback that, oh, if this guy turns the ball over, like Joe Burrow's a turnover guy. If I were to play Burrow this week, for instance, uh, against the Browns, Browns defense would be a hedge play or potential hedge play. If it goes wrong, why? Well, turns turnovers, getting sacked like he did the first time he played the Browns earlier, five sacks against Clowney and Miles Garrett. That that kind of stuff. Instead of Jacobs, you use Adams. Instead of Adams, you use Jacobs. So those little intricacies are is how I formed the GPP lineup. So, uh, but lost in cash games there. Also lost my FFPC league, which is really piss, really bothers me because my team was top eighty overall. I've never had, um, I've never had a high finish in the overall in a high stakes league. I've played plenty of high stakes leagues uh, over the years and uh, I've minimal finishes in the overall. I don't really worry about the overall. I don't think about it. I, I don't plan for it. I don't play for it. I don't draft for it, but it's nice to have. And I thought this team was a fucking banger. I had two bangers in this, uh, in that I had a team that at one point, was eight or nine and oh wound up limping the finish line finished so i think it was probably seven and oh so eight and four ish the other team was 11 and one and i thought i'm gonna roll right i really did and i got go into um last week and immediately when you know now's the time playoffs i start paying attention to what my competition's doing i go one-on-one and i saw the team that i'm up against was nick chubb josh jacobs Devonte adams and justin jefferson i said holy balls of shit how in the world was i gonna compete with that and sure enough i didn't i got my ass kicked and, you know, some of that Mahomes didn't live up to it. Kelsey didn't live up to it. Uh, what I thought, I got a fucking zero from Cortland Sutton in that game. Uh, and again, Sutton wasn't a main player for me, but I could have started DJ Chark or somebody like that instead. So I lost, and it's a bummer. It sucks when the team you think is going to do something that is special winds up one and done in the playoffs, but such is life, right? And that's what we have to prepare for and what we have to uh, combat and mentally and emotionally really prepare for it. 
I think that's the biggest problem is because it pisses you off so much. People rage, a lot of rage this time of year. It's the holidays. Everything's going on. But, man, it uh, it bothers all of us the same. So what can you do? Best team, one of your best teams, out immediately, so on and so forth. I do have an FFPC team that is advanced. The other team is advancing to the championship round of the league. So that's a good thing. So I've got that going. I've got some playoff teams that I'll focus on uh, elsewhere as well. Still up alive in Scott Fishbowl as we go to round three of the playoffs this week as well. So even though losing Cooper Cup really, really hurt that one as well. Other things, listen, Deshaun Watson was absolutely terrible in his return. Some of it rust, some of it short-arming the ball. I think being back in Houston, playing his former team, all this really played into it. Deshaun, we have to remember that Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the in the NFL. He just is. It's a reason he got $230 million guaranteed, Okay. So can we count on him? Should we count on him this week? Absolutely not. Don't count on him, but don't count him out either. All right. And I only bring that up. Realistically, if I didn't, if Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson, fucking Kyle Allen, right? How uh, dog shit, Matt Ryan, fucking, um, we know Fields has been dealing with an injury. Right, Andy Dalton may be replaced when they come back from a bye for New Orleans. Tua, Tango Vilo, we saw him get injured. He's fine, by the way, pussy. He's fine. So all these quarterback injuries, the Rams are rotating their QBs. Like, for those of us in super flex leagues, can't afford not or can't afford to disregard Deshaun Watson. We just can't. There's not enough quality out there. There's just, oh, Trevor Lawrence got hurt last week. He'll be fine too, but that's another one, right? So all these quarterback, so we have, it forces us to stay on the Deshaun Watson train. Don't let him go. Don't cut him because unless all the teams in your playoffs or potentially in your playoffs, all are set at quarterback. If everybody has, you know, the Mahomes team and the, uh, maybe there's a Kirk Cousins team or Burrow team. And if it all lines up that way, then fuck it, fine. But chances are somebody is struggling. They've got Brady, you know, who goes against San Francisco's defense this week. Or maybe they were riding Trevor Lawrence, who was a top 10. Or maybe even they have Daniel Jones or, you know, somebody you can't afford. So I'm not going to start Watson this week. I don't want to start Watson this week. Okay. So I guess I'll say. I'm not in on him. That's for later on this program. However, I'm not disregarding him either. I don't like to hang out in the middle, but unfortunately we have to. I think better things will happen with Watson. I know they will better things will happen. I thought his escapability was pretty good. I had forgotten. It's not often you see quarterbacks who are good at throwing the football, have good, good arms. Meaning they, when I say good throwing the football, I shouldn't, use generalizations what i what i look for can they make on target throws while on the run most quarterbacks when they're in the pocket and their feet are set and they're planted and there's no rush and they could deliver a football on time and on point 
most of them can do that. That isn't where the bread is buttered. This game, you get fucking the Bosa brothers and Khalil Mack, and you got these guys running around the edges and Miles Garrett. You get two and a half seconds to throw a football, then you've got to move and escape, step up, step back, move around, whatever it may be. And you got to throw the ball on target with velocity to a moving target into coverage. That's what Matt, and I forgot how good Watson was watching that game. Like, oh, he didn't throw a lot of great balls like that, but his escape ability and his instincts are right, are right there. And they are still a part of it. So I was impressed with it that way. Jimmy G losing uh, out for the season. Brock Purdy's the new quarterback. I've said it all week. I'll say it again. I expect San Francisco to make some sort of move with a veteran quarterback. We thought maybe that would be Baker Mayfield, but the Rams claim him um, uh, on waivers, which, by the way, the Rams, oh, they're, man, they're hilarious. This is Sean McVay has no intention of being with the LA Rams next year. I am positive about this. So he, this is a great move that he could say, Oh, I was the, I didn't really know I wasn't going to be here until, you know, sometime whenever he makes his decision, probably around the Super Bowl, something like that, where he decides to leave. And um, he says, Oh, I thought I'd be here and develop Baker Mayfield in case Stafford calls it a career. Stafford will call it a career. Donald will probably call it a career. And you know, and he's he's making it's a Baker Mayfield ploy that as if they're going to try to develop him. They don't give a shit. That dude, that is McVeigh's as good as gone in L.A. Man, good as gone. But that leaves the 49ers, and good move by the Rams or anybody. Don't let the 49ers just get somebody. Make him use a seventh round pick as their guy. Good luck. Good freaking luck with that, man. Brock Purdy is going to be catastrophic for a team that should be in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles and probably could still be, but they don't have a prayer in that game now unless they get a quarterback or unless Purdy turns out to be a lot better than anything I've ever seen or heard from him. And I've seen Iowa State, went through all his college numbers, reevaluated my scouting report, on him pre-draft and there's nothing. No, that's bad. It's going to be bad. Choke under pressure situations is pretty much Brock Purdy's MO modus operandi. Um, other uh, takeaways, Odell Beckham. He's not signing with anybody. The Cowboys are doing him dirty. Cowboys were all about him. Come to Dallas. I can't wait. Then they gets there. They realize he's out of shape. His knee is not nearly close to being healed. This dude maybe could come back for, in mid to late January at best and be a minor contributor, but why pay him a full year salary for that? They shouldn't. The Cowboys aren't doing it. And then the Cowboys start spreading all these rumors or talks about him uh, about, you know, that why is, uh, or that there are questions about his knee as they should. Everybody should, you know, and no. So, Odell Beckham's not a thing. Period. End of discussion. Then the Lamar Jackson injury. Tyler Huntley uh, steps up. We know Tyler Huntley. Lamar, listen, listen, man. I mean, this is why I always say, take your money when you can get it. Just take it. Take what you deserve. This this idea, this this 
foundational principle of dreaming and hoping and thinking there's always more around the corner gets so many people in trouble and it's completely and utterly burying Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had a tremendous 2019 season, right? 36 touchdowns and ran for a thousand yards and, you know, amazing everything. MVP of the league. He hasn't come close to that. He hasn't come close to that in years. He ran well in 20, 2020, right, next year. Threw for a lot less yardage. Threw for 10 less touchdowns. Threw more interceptions. Fumbled the ball more, right? And all of a sudden, he has not developed. And then the last two years has been kind of dog shit. Still can't throw to the outside. Still can't do that. Still turning the ball over. Mark Jackson's interceptions have gone up every year he's played football. Every year, gone up, 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 up. So, and he wants the big money and could have had the big money, and it's a shame what happened there. But now he's injured. And I got to tell you, here's the thing. You want to throw some numbers around? Here's some numbers. Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley, by the way, is from Nowheresville, USA. What I mean by that is he was not on anybody's radar. He was not going to be the next big thing. He's not, oh, you know, you know, high uh, uh, draft stock or any of that. Like this guy is legitimately out of nowhere. He's coming off out of nowhere to be the Lamar Jackson of this offense. And, uh, you know, that says something for the replaceability factor of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson MVP how much that was Greg Roman and his offense and everything else. Because I, Tyler Huntley coming out of Utah didn't really have any kind of special thoughts or skills or anything else. Right? It wasn't a massively um, recruited player. Right? Recruited, but not massively. Not nationally, at least. So, um Anyway, you know, he comes to Baltimore and undrafted free agent. They cut him and the practice squad and moved his way up. And basically Tyler Huntley's the guy, the backup because, and he was the backup last year because they had went through what, three quarterbacks. And it wound up being that Huntley just played the best out of all of them. So kind of won the job this year and as the backup. And now he's the guy and in six starts, Listen, Huntley's, he's thrown, he averages 24 completions, 34 pass attempts, which, by the way, is more than Lamar Jackson. Okay, so he has a 70.5% completion percentage. Tyler Huntley, you could believe that. What is Lamar Jackson's career uh, completion percentage? 63 Okay, granted, Huntley's not going to complete 70% of his pass. He's not Drew Brees. Although I will say he throws, he he is very much like Lamar, that he doesn't throw the outsides either. Everything's high percentage, yada, yada, yada. But he averages 204 yards passing per game, 
Lamar Jackson averages 174 per game, right? He averaged Tyler Huntley 0.857 touchdowns per game. Lamar Jackson a little bit higher at 1.3 touchdowns per game. Okay, so a little bit better there. Interceptions, uh, interception rate, I should say. Lamar Jackson's 2.3, Tyler Huntley 2.0. All right, he's turned the ball over. Uh, he does have five interceptions, so he has done that. Rushing yards, 54 rushing yards per game. 0.857 rushing touchdowns per game. Lamar Jackson, a little bit better. You know, rushing yards per game, I should say, is a lot better. At, uh, I think his career is 86.8. All right, so, I mean, that that mark is better. But, I'm sorry, no, I'm, I'm wrong on that. My math is wrong. 63.7 yards per game. So, nine yards more, less than nine yards per game more than Tyler Huntley is right. 18.61 fantasy points, which is what we really care about. That's what Tyler Huntley brings to the table. What about Lamar Jackson? Well, Lamar Jackson was sixth of out of quarterbacks in scoring this season. Behind Justin Fields, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, and Hurts. Good company to be in. Ahead of Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray. So, okay. But 19.7 fantasy points per game, 18.61 for Huntley. Notice that there's we're talking about a point per game difference from the fantasy standpoint. So yeah, you have to get Tyler Huntley. Have to. If you need a quarterback, he's absolute. In fact, this could be a massive solution for any team steal him from the, the Lamar Jackson owner. You could if you stole him from the Lamar Jackson owner, you've destroyed that team because the replacement level there can't be any good. What's it, Mariota? Probably, maybe Daniel Jones or Lawrence. Which, by the way, Daniel Jones is QB nine in fantasy football this season. You put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> you you just do. Granted, Kyler Murray would be higher, but he's played two less games. But nevertheless, um, so there you go. They're not that much different. So this begs a greater question, especially for my Ravens fans out there. Uh, Phil Backard, hopefully he's not listening. Phil doesn't listen to this shit, I'm sure. Shout out to Phil Backard, though, if he is. Are you going to pay? Let's say Huntley gets this dub over the Steelers this week. Let's say they get that win. Let's say, because as it stands right now, that division is tough as nails. And I, with the Bengals, huge win over the Kansas City Chiefs last week. No doubt about it. But the Steelers and Browns have gotten impossibly better over the last few weeks. The Browns now have a quarterback. And despite being 5-7 and seven on the year, they have a minus 10 point differential. In this team can compete against anybody in the league. The Steelers have a all-world defense now with T.J. Watt. So, you know, don't go, and Kenny Pickett is getting better. And they're not going to challenge for the playoffs because the AFC is so tough, but this these two teams against the Ravens and Bengals, this is a dogfight for Baltimore. If somehow 
Tyler Huntley, they say the timeline is one to three weeks for Lamar Jackson. If Tyler Huntley could get wins over the Browns or Steelers, Browns, and Falcons the next three weeks, number one, does Huntley, does Lamar, let's say he could come back on uh, New Year's Day against the Steelers, does he even start that game? Or they say, you know what, we, we're cool. Huh? Then they get the Bengals' final week of the year. That'll probably be the uh, uh, Sunday night game, I'm guessing. This comes down to it. But if Huntley starts getting those wins, I mean, that becomes the reason they're in the playoffs. How the fuck do you justify paying $200-plus to Lamar Jackson? Because he got an MVP three years ago, four years ago? When the replacement quarterback is doing just about everything you do. I'd pay Tyler Huntley a hundred million over four years, over five years. Done. Done. You pretty much got the, you could run your offense and it's not as good as Lamar, but the thing is Lamar costs himself a lot of money. And man, this drives me fucking crazy. Drives me crazy. Because you know what I'm sick of? Let me tell you something. Let me go off on a little bit of a rant. I'll get into week 14 here in a minute. I'm sick of the American dream. Yeah, I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of reading about it. I'm sick of people saying it. I, I, I've, It's dawned on me recently. This is the biggest crock of shit we've ever been sold ever. It worked for our grandparents, maybe, and maybe it was their grandparents, truthfully, where you had an opportunity. You got came to America, and you had an opportunity. Anybody could be anything. That was the thing. You know what the American dream is right now? The American dream is to be an influencer. People want to do nothing but talk nonsense on social media and have, like, manscape promote and give them a bunch of money because a bunch of people followed it. Number one, it's the dumbest thing on earth that the influencer period is over. For those of you who don't know this yet, I run businesses and here's the little trick. You get a lot of eyeballs on certain social media Whatever I've been, I have been, I've never been paid, but I've been given free booze and whatever trinket things to promote shit on social media. I have before. So before we start talking, I don't want to act like I'm fucking above it and would never do it. No. And would I, if somebody wants to give me a bunch of money to promote something on social media, I may do it. Although I will say, that at this stage of my career, I have turned down those opportunities thus far. Um, if I don't believe in the product, I won't do it. So when you see me reading stuff for mattresses or DFS or gambling sites, I per personally do those things, enjoy those products, so on and so forth. And I think I've been pretty damn clear about it. And sometimes they come to me and say, hey, what about this? I said, no. Not for me, not my thing, whatever. I don't would rather not. And that's where you go. Anyway, that's the American dream now is to, they want, the American dream is to win the lottery, win the Powerball, 
or get a, their job is working an hour a day coming up with quote unquote content on social media. As a business owner, I know right now I can go spend a million dollars and tell Kim Kardashian to, hey, would you promote fantasyguru.com? And maybe she's like, yeah, sure. What the fuck? I'll do something. I've oh, been to fantasygyru.com. Like, mispronounce it. She has no relationship with the product. Everybody knows she has no relationship with the product. She'll say something. We will get a traffic spike for people to go there thinking, oh, maybe is there naked pictures or is there something like that? We'll get a spike. Nobody's going to buy our product. No, it's not going to translate to any money. It's a wasted, unfulfilled amount. And what happens is every new company, their big strategy, they use their venture capital investment dollars. They use a big swing and dick of it to hire an influencer to get a ton of eyeballs on their site. And it never translates to anything. And it goes away. The only person that gets rich is the influencer. And the influencer is 25-year-old hot chick or hot dude or whatever. And guess what? They think that's going to be that this is their whole life until the companies who are now starting to realize, oh, this is a bad way to spend money. It's a bad way to promote. This is a bad way to blow through our marketing budget. And then they stop doing that. And then these people have no careers left. They went and bought bigger houses. You see it all the time. I don't know if you guys are on TikTok or Twitter, these people are kind they do, they film themselves moving into bigger fucking mansions and things. It's like, dude, you had, you, you made a million dollars for one year and now you're, you're changing houses. Now you need, you're going to have to pay mortgages are 30 years. Anyway, I think the people have gotten lazy. I think the American dream now is to be lazy. Fuck the American dream. Have an American plan. That's my new thing. Have an American plan. That's it. American plan. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to chip away. That's something you talk about how smart our forefathers were. They weren't really smart for compared to today's. What we know today couldn't be processed by your forefathers because it wasn't of their age. But what they knew, they had a basic understanding that we don't have a lot of us. And that is just time is going to solve so many problems. I want to be rich, go to work. Uh, no, I want to be rich right now. No, that's not happening. That's not possible. What is possible is go to work, work hard, move up, become successful, keep doing that, keep putting money away. And then all of a sudden, that's your, that's your dream. Now you're rich. Now you're successful. Now you're at the top of your industry. But that's not what they want. It, all of you, all of you listening think that's the, that's dumb. That's dumb. So stupid way to do it. No, it's not. The people that can scratch off a ticket and have their whole life set, that's one out of seven billion. That's your odds. One out of seven billion every week. And that's and then if you want to be an influencer. It's one out of five billion. <laughs> That's your thing. Or you want to be some rich influencer. Yeah, which by the way, by the way, my offers, that's another thing, everybody. My the offers I've gotten to influence and, and to pitch products or whatever, like 10 grand. 
Whoa, wow, my life, I'm going to change my whole life now. I got $10,000. Oh my God, I'm fucking retiring now. Fuck you, Sirius XM. <laughs> Fuck you, Fantasy Guru. I got fucking 10000 of Manscaped money. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not, that's not even real money. You pay taxes on that? You, you, what do you buy, a nice suit? Done? And it's, all, it's gone? You buy some patio furniture and you can't even afford that? It's stupid. Have a plan. Have a plan for how you're going to reach your goals. Don't dream about your goals. Make your goals. Do them. Go to work. Go to school. Get educated. Really educated. Don't just get good grades. Learn the shit you're supposed to learn. Do the shit you're supposed to do. Learn a craft. Learn a trade. Don't think work is, oh, you are better than any degree of work. Being a waiter or waitress or landscaper or these things of work, these are going to be the highest paid jobs in years to come because so few people are willing to do them. I've told my son, and I'll tell him again, man, open a landscaping business in 2022, maybe the biggest cash cow you'll ever experience. Nobody cuts the grass anymore. Nobody even knows how. These fuckers can't change a fucking air filter in a lawnmower or a spark plug. Do you know they know what gap to use in a spark plug for their one fucking rider mower or fucking uh, not even a rider, a push mower? They have no idea. They have no concept. Trim a tree. Hedge a bush. They have no idea how to do this shit. If you're under 30, you have no fucking idea how to do that kind of work. And you think it's demeaning. But meanwhile, you go to the gym. Well, fucking, how dumb is it to go to the gym? I spend three hours at the gym every day, so I get yoked out. Okay, you know what you could do? Go make fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars doing landscaping in the beautiful sun. Get a nice tan while working out, doing your job. And when you're done, you don't have to go to the gym at all. You've already worked out. A fucking genius is that? Nothing is given to you. Nothing's going to be given to you. Go out and earn it. And stop thinking and stop being ashamed that you to have what you have in life either. Like Lamar Jackson. Take your fucking $200 million you were offered, dude. Because right around the corner is some, uh, some other event where they realize, you know what? You know, it turns out you're not worth that. And sports are starting to realize this. In baseball, they're realizing starting pitching aren't worth that. Well, the Mets haven't, but other and the fucking Rangers evidently haven't figured that out. In football, they're realizing running backs aren't worth all that. Back in the day, it was receivers weren't all, all worth all that. Dime a dozen. Start to realize. So take the money. Take what's given to you and be fucking happy about it. Crying out loud. All right, let's uh, <laughs> uh enough of that. Um, the American plan. That's I'm, I'm, in. That is what we need to start saying from now on. No more dreams. Stop dreaming. Start doing. Do it. I'm talking about you ever know that person that fucking talks about what they're gonna do all the time? Ask your wife or girlfriend for the ladies. Go ask her. Oh, you know what I'm gonna do to you, baby. You know what I'm gonna do to baby. Just fucking do it. Shut the fuck up. Stop talking about it. Do it. What are you going to do? I can do nothing, you limp dick fuck. Nothing's going to happen.
be on wait till you go to sleep. That's what's gonna happen. Cause your fucking limp ass noodle dick didn't do shit. That's what it is. Stop talking about things. Do the things. Don't say what you're going to do. Do what you're going to do. Oh, drives me crazy. Um, NFL scoring is down. How many, we all know this. If you're a sports better, you absolutely know this. But here's some numbers to back it up. In 2020, we hit an all-time high as far as points per game in the National Football League. Just raw numbers. 24.8 points per game. All right? Per team. That was, that's basically where it came. I'm sorry. That's points per game total. Yeah, per team. So 48 over-unders, a 48 over-under. Why we saw, used to see somebody 50-plus over-unders for so long, okay? Last year, we saw a drop, but it wasn't noticeable. Remember, last year, I still employed bet-overs early and unders late, and it worked out amazingly down the stretch of the season. It dropped to 23 points per game. Two points per game, that's a pretty sizable drop when you really think about it. Okay. Well, what if I told you this year it's down almost two more points? 21.9 points per game. Think about that. We were at every game basically being about 48 to 50 points uh, as far as the over-under. And now we're about 43 44 sizable man games are different and look at the numbers what does that tell you well i mean the difference is one touchdown isn't it it's about a touchdown a game less even though overall scoring right we're rounding and we're going by the teams and the games overall but you get the idea Right now at 21.9, it's the lowest it's been since 2017. And this is only the second time since 2009, 2009, that we're seeing under 22 points per game, 22.4 even, points per game per team. That's a, I know it doesn't sound like an overwhelming number, but we are all seeing it, aren't we? I think fantasy sports scene, this is a big deal in the betting elements, but it's also the betting community. It's also a big deal in the DFS community or should be and the seasonal community. But those two branches don't understand it as much, I don't think. When there's less, when the pie is less, finding the amount of players are less that produce for fantasy. When we look at, remember I said Lamar Jackson was what, QB6 going into this week, going into this year. Remember in DFS, I've been saying for years, 20 points per game, we have to, every week we have to have it. Well, what has happened to us? How many quarterbacks do you think are, are averaging 20 plus points per game? I'll wait for you to guess. Six. Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Fields, and Kyler Murray, who Kyler is right at 20, 20.0. 20. 
And that's after a nice game last time. And he's missed two weeks. If Kyler Murray played those two games, bet your sweet ass that he'd be under. So it'd be five. Those are the one. That's it. Then you got Lamar at 19-7, Tua at 19. Okay, not bad, not bad. Gino 18-8. Or, <laughs> okay. Herbert at 17-7. That's one. Oh, fuck. What the fuck is that all about? And that's it. Ten quarterbacks. Over 17. Remember, 12-team leagues. Remember how the fastest-growing concept in fantasy football? Superflex. Two QBs. Why? Because so many were producing. Now, 16 points a game shouldn't be something we're... But that's why Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence... That's why these are valuable properties all of a sudden. Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, he's averaging 15.9, 15.8 points per game. Valuable commodities. If we look at the other positions, running backs, for instance... Like at this point of the season, uh, there are seven running backs that have scored over 200 fantasy points. There were 17 to do this a year ago over the course of the whole season. And 200 points, not that much. Fucking 12 points a game, man. A little over 12. Fucking 12 points a game sucks. We start two running backs. So you need 24 running backs to do this, right? Where where do you think this was back in fucking, uh, you know, 2016? 2016, the running back position. I'm sorry, 2016 was the, the down year. There was only 17 that year. There's 24 back in 2011. Running back productions is way down. That's what it that's what it really amounts to. And when scoring drops like this, there's less. So it separates the haves and the have nots dramatically. By the way, top scorers at running back, Eckler, Jacobs, McCaffrey, Henry, Saquon, Chubb, Aaron Jones. That's your list. That's all the ones over 200. Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard. Pollard's a backup, and he's scoring. He's a top 10 fucking player. Dalvin Cook has been shit, and he's a top 10. Joe Mixon's been hurt. That's why it screwed for him. Jamal Williams averaging 14 points a game. He's number 12. Miles Sanders, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara. Are, is anybody really happy with Dalvin Cook? Joe Mixon? Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara? Where you drafted these guys, Najee Harris? No, you shouldn't be happy, Jonathan Taylor. But when you look at it, these are all, all of them are high end running back twos. So we just, there's just less meat on this bone. There's 4.69 touchdowns per game scored. So this is another thing. Everybody, it's about four. It's a little over, but for betting purposes, you anytime touchdown, motherfuckers, you people that fall for 
the boosted odds and all the things, the FanDuel and DraftKings, all these sites, they push to your phones. Hey, we'll give you plus 9 million if you just get this. And what do they always do? Anytime touchdowns. Four touchdowns a game score, basically. Are you going to pick the exact four that do it? You know how fucking impossible that is most of the time? It's really hard to do. I know that it doesn't seem hard to do, but it is hard to do. That's down. 4.6 touchdowns per game is down from 5.2 in 2021. 5.5 touchdowns per game. It's a full one less touchdown, essentially, from where we were at just two years ago in 2020. Right? Speaking of touchdowns, if I asked, if if I put you to a test, how many of the top 10, how many top 10 players could you name in touchdowns scored this season? What I mean by that is how many of the top 10 overall touchdowns, running backs, receivers, not, we won't say, Passing touchdowns, of course. Duh. How many of you? How many of the top ten can you name? Do you think? Probably relatively easy, but I think eh, if you don't look at this stuff, I think it gets more difficult. Like I bet Ted Schuster wouldn't be able to answer this question. Ted is no concept. He he hates everybody. Jamal Williams is one with fourteen. He leads the league. Then you got Adams, Chubb, Eckler, Kelsey, all with 12. I think people would definitely have gotten Eckler. I don't know. You may have gotten Adams or Chubb, but nobody said Kelsey. He doesn't come up in this when you say just raw touchdowns. Nobody thinks of him. All right. So that's the top five. The next five, Diggs, Henry, Jacobs, Pollard. Well, it's four. They all have 10. By the way, those uh, the rest of those guys at 12. Jamal Williams, 14. Nobody said Pollard. Prob- probably didn't say Diggs. I don't know if you would have got Jacobs or not, because it seems like Jacobs goes under-owned all the time. People don't realize what he's doing for Las Vegas. The next group all has nine. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, rushing touchdowns, has nine. MVP of league. Miles Sanders, also nine. That backfield is legit. Walker, Christian Watson, what the fuck are you talking about? All with nine touchdowns. So, interesting. Two rushing touchdowns for Watson, seven receiving. Just something to think about. You know, it's just something to think about. So, scoring is down, and it's just getting colder. Defenses get more equipped. Offenses start selling out. It's just going to fall from here. When we do this over year in review overview, it's going to be even worse, these numbers. So just why this is important is we have to understand what to expect from these players. And we're expecting too much, especially those of us who have only played fantasy football for the last 10, maybe even last 15 years. I grew up in the 90s, 80s, 90s where there wasn't a lot of scoring in the NFL. And there was a lot less players that were useful. So when I see a 62-yard performance, I'm not fucking throwing myself off a balcony because of it. Because that, to me, I know that over the course of a season, although it's more now, but 62 yards 
overall used to mean, well, that's a thousand yard season. Boom. Now it's sure over that because you get one extra game, so it's easily over it. But yeah, I I knew that going away. Now people want to cut players that are averaging that. But meanwhile, there aren't that many thousand yard rushers or receivers this year or any year. So yeah. Um there will be a total of seven thousand yard rushers in the NFL this year. That's what that's the number. Not that's not even that big of a number with that added extra game. All right, let's go into um wanted to get to the players I'm in on, players I'm out on for week 14, help you set those lineups. I'm in on Tua. I'm in on Herbert. I'm in on uh Dak Prescott. I think he's sneaky. This this is the greatest matchup in the world for the for Zeke and Pollard, and everyone's gonna talk about them. I wouldn't doubt if Dak goes off this week. So don't discount him. I'm in on Trevor Lawrence. I think he plays. I think he does well. I think Detroit was a better ma- or a worse matchup than people thought. Not on this show, but other places. And I think he rebounds in a big way this week. So I'm in on them. I'm out. I'm. This is a tough one. Kind of out on Daniel Jones. I'm out on Brady. I'm out on Jared Goff. Goff at home is very good. I just think it's getting too hot in the kitchen for Goff. It's the Vikings. I don't know. I just feel it's a disappointing week for Jared Goff at the running back position. I'm all the way in on Joe Mixon. I'm out on Samaj P. Ryan. That has to be understood immediately. I'm in on Zeke. I'm in on Pollard. I'm in on both. You have to, they could disappoint, but you have to do the right thing too. And start them both. I'm in on Jeffrey Wilson. I'm in on Leonard Fournette. I'm not going to avoid that. I think he'll have a shitload of catches against the 49ers. Um, I'm out on Zonovan Knight. I'm out on Gus Edwards. I'm out on Devin Singletary. I'm out on Cam Akers. Everybody should be. Kyron Williams, it'll be interesting. I may do a prop bet on him because I they held him back last week with the full intention of using him against the Raiders. I'm positive about that. Wide receivers, um, I mean, who, who would be a question mark? I mean, I'm Mike Evans, I guess, even though he is lower. The lowest he's been in my rankings in a while, I'm still going to be in on him. If Mike Williams plays, I will be in on him. Otherwise, I'm in on Josh Palmer. If Williams plays, I'm out on Josh Palmer. I'm in on Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm in on Garrett Wilson. Okay, I'm out on George Pickens. May surprise some people, so I've been on him. I'm out on Donovan Peoples-Jones this week. I'm in on Zay Jones, though. So I like like Zay Jones. I think he's sneaky against Tennessee. Great matchup. Like I said, I think Lawrence rebounds. Um, I'm out on Nico Collins. I'm out on... 
Tyler Boyd. I'm out on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think these are easy, right? Uh, I'm in on Thielen. like him a lot more this week than I have in the past. And I am out on Darius Slayton. So there you go. Tight ends, I'm in on Kelsey. That's it. And Andrews. <laughs> no. Obviously in on Hawkinson. Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Schultz, Kittle, even with Purdy Mouth uh, being the quarterback, Fryermuth. That is it. Those six this week is pretty much my limit. Najoku, if he plays, would be my seventh. That's who I'm in on. I'll Always a fan of Evan Ingram, even though he's so inconsistent. Got the touchdown last week. Dolchich, I'll be in on. Hope for something there, especially without Cortland Sutton playing. And then Hunter Henry, any tight end against Arizona. Well, I could see him doing something, especially catching a touchdown. So in on him as well. I'll be in on Kate Otten. Should Cameron Brait sit again? I'm out on... um, Austin Hooper, I'm out on Tyler Conklin. I'm out on Foster, the people, Moreau. I am out on uh, Oconquo um, from Tennessee. I think it was a fluky game. I mean, <laughs> miracle. You needed somebody to float, but I'm not going to be in on that. So there you go. Some ins, some outs for the week. Let's get to it. Uh, single game parlay for those. Where are my Thursday people at? Vegas and the Rams. So the Raiders and Rams, two kind of shitty teams. Let's just be honest about it. But the Rams still don't know, as of this broadcast, who's going to be quarterback for them. Perkins, John Wolford. Baker's not going to play, folks. It's three days since he's been signed. Um I have nothing for the Rams. I They showed a lot last week. I think they stayed in the game against Seattle. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise. It's not going to shock the world if they beat the Raiders. But I don't think it's reasonable to bet the Raiders in this game. Give me, I'm sorry, bet the Rams. I'm sorry. Give me the Raiders minus two and a half right now. All right. I, I like that idea. They're six and a half point favorites that is just too much for me like at least it's under seven so it's not the worst bet in the world if you wanted that but that's why i'm single game parlaying this thing raiders minus two and a half under 49 and a half that's the bet i like i don't think the rams are going to score very much raiders everything they do is jacobs and adams and even though Aaron Donald's not going to be there, Jalen Ramsey's kind of dog shit, and I think Adams will eat him alive. I just don't think they're going to be high-flying type of game. The, the over-under is only 43, so we're building in a lot of equity there. So minus 2.5 for the Raiders, under 49.5. That's a plus 130 bet right now. Take it to the bank, baby. Um, survivor picks of the week, Dallas, of course. Right? Have you used them yet? Have you used Buffalo? Have you used Kansas City? Those are the easy ones. Philadelphia is next. That's another easy one. After that, now we're in a lot of trouble. You know, you take a chance at San Francisco with a new quarterback. I think that's risking it. 
Did you take a chance on Cincinnati? If you haven't used them, chances are maybe you did. That would be next on my board. Seattle, minus three and a half is the spread. I don't mind that one either. That would probably be my next one if you had to go that far. Yikes. Let's just hope that you don't have to go that far because uh, that would be a bit. That's that's a problem, like a real problem. Um, as far as the uh, bet of the week, that, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. My favorite bet this week is... There's a, there's a bunch that I like. Um, what I'll give out here on the show, I'm just going to use the same one, the Pittsburgh Baltimore under. It's only 36 and a half. I'm going to inflate it though here and alternate these, the total points going to go under and I'll do the under 38 and a half. All right. It's minus 130. So we're paying a little premium, but still. Still a good one because I don't know how either team will score. I'm not going to use the prediction from last week, Denver and Baltimore, that almost didn't get a single point. I said no touchdowns in that game until 20 seconds left. I was right. But uh, I think there will be a touchdown or two in that game. But there we go. Upset of the week. There's a lot of upsets. Like, is Minnesota beating Detroit an upset? Meh. Um. Is the Jets beating Buffalo an upset? I can't believe this spread is nine and a half. To be honest with you, I think that's taking the Jets plus the points, especially if you went up ten and a half points to the nine and a half. I think it would be pretty good. Um, I think the best upset though for this week, I, I think the most reasonable one. I'm just gonna go. I'm going to go to, ah, fuck. I hate going against fucking Titans because they burn me every fucking time. I'll do Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's got enough to beat Tennessee by a decent margin, too. You just got to stop the run. You stop the run, you stop Tennessee, it's over. So give me the Jaguars in the upset on that one all right so there we go all right so we're pretty good i think we're good on time wise i don't want to keep you guys i know it's the holiday season appreciate you guys supporting the podcast it's a passion project of mine and our entire team uh shout out to sean angle the producer of this program that makes it sound a lot better than it actually is and he edits all the right answers in for me too later on in post that is not true i'm just teasing all right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank each and every one of you for your support, downloading, favoring, liking, commenting, recommending it to a friend. Whatever you've done it is working, and it's appreciated. Remember, follow me, Jeff Mans at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Check out FantasyGuru.com, our manscation, uh, our Christmas manscation, I think, is a whole event is going on now it's the college football bowl season we got college basketball in full effect we still got world cup going still got nfl the nfl playoffs are are full service for you there playoff leagues that we do dfs betting it's all there as well fantasyguru.com 
Thank you guys once again for listening. You may disagree with some or maybe every flipping thing that you heard on today's show. And it's perfectly all right. Why? Because it was just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!